welcome to another episode of Pondering with the Peters. Today we'll be discussing our second core value that we have as a family, and that is relationship with each other. Good intro. Thank you. Yeah. I forgot to introduce us. <laughs> <laughs> Who are we? Um, Helena. And Brendan. Peters. Peters. Yeah. Yeah. And ah. yeah, I guess we will just dive right in to uh, our second core value, that is relationship with each other. And again, if you hear uh, any abnormal noises, they are coming from <laughs> they're coming from Hattie and not from us. Yeah. Oh, but she sounds so cute. Introducing yourself. So yeah. <laughs> I'm Hattie. Wow. It's almost like she actually did introduce herself there. Okay. So as we did with the first couple of episodes in this series on our family mission statement, we're going to be working our way through the gospel in terms of relationship with each other, looking at the four, I don't know, four... Tenets. <laughs> four, tenets? What? Tenets? Tenets? Uh, I was going to say dimensions. Four, nice. dimen- four dimensions of the gospel, creation, fall, redemption, and restoration. So, in terms of relationship with each other, where do we begin? Where do we begin with, or how do we begin with creation? Well, we were created for relationship with each other. So that's... That's great. We, we are created for a relationship with each other. We see this in Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, and then also in uh, Genesis 2, verses 18 to 25, if you wouldn't mind reading those. And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Then God, then the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make a helper fit for him. Now out of the ground, the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all livestock and to the birds of the air and every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper fit for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man. And while he slept, he took one of his ribs and closed it up with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man he made into a woman and brought her to the man. And the man said, this at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. Very good. <laughs> As we were like halfway through, I wondered if maybe you needed your glasses. <laughs> um, they would potentially assist with the fact that I... I think the problem actually is that I know that passage really well, and I just started throwing in what I just know to be in that passage instead of actually what was in that version. So, yeah. you know, that was fun. Yeah. Close enough. You get the idea. Yeah. No, exactly. The, yeah. Just the idea that it was not good for the man to be alone. And so to fulfill the commission or the command to be fruitful, multiply, 
obviously it would include more than just the men. And so there's this, there's this dynamic of relationship that is built into us. We, we need people. And, <laughs> and that's coming from someone who is a... <laughs> so, An introvert? Introvert. <laughs> I was trying to think of the the opposite of introvert, but the only thing that kept coming to mind was exorcist, and I knew <laughs> that was wrong. I was like, I what? Trying to go up with the word to describe your, like... Yeah, no. Introvertedness. Um, introvertedness. Yeah, so that that's coming from an introvert where people, like, I, I get really, really tired when I'm around groups of people for long periods of time. And I need to recharge by being in solitude or by being alone. <laughs> Which weird. is totally foreign to Helena because she's an extrovert and she is recharged around people. I just cannot fathom that. So, um, yeah. Just this idea that regardless of whether you're you're introverted, extroverted, whatever, we need people and it's it's not good for us to live in isolation. So that's that's creation, the, the dynamic of creation, dimension of creation. And then... We obviously move into the next dimension, which is the fall. And that explains how mankind ruined relationship with each other. Uh, so specifically looking at Genesis 3, verses 6 to 7, and verse 12, and verse 16. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was desired to make one wise she took of its fruit and ate and she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate then the eyes of both were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths the man said the woman whom you gave to be with me she gave me the fruit of the tree and i ate <laughs> and to the woman he said i will surely multiply your pain in childbearing in the pain you shall bring forth children your desire shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. All right. So, yeah, there are a few things going on here. One, the woman gives the fruit to the man. The man blames the woman. And so you've got this, this blame game being played right, right early on. And it's obviously not what God intended. And then the man and the woman go from uh, being naked and unashamed to naked and ashamed. And so there's this dynamic of now covering up our shame and covering up uh, ourselves so that you can't see me and I I can't see you and, and we can keep parts of ourselves hidden. And then we get to the judgments where talking where where god is is talking to the woman and he says there will be increased pain in childbearing and it was really really interesting going through like preaching through the book of genesis on this particular passage and seeing how childbearing there is is broad not it's brought into more than just giving birth but it's it's the whole gamut of reproductive issues uh, and then including 
including birth itself and even uh, issues with with um, raising children and, and relationships later on in life. And, and obviously you see that all throughout, not just Genesis, but, but the rest of the Bible. And so that's, that's the first part of the judgment. And then the second part is, is there will be conflict in the home. There's, just, there's going to be this, this battle for control in the home where uh, one is going to desire to rule over the other. And so obviously that's going to have a, a dynamic on human relationships. And so we see that, that human relationships, ever since the fall, it's been tainted by sin and it's not what it was designed to be. And and then you, you just you follow this pattern all throughout scripture, right? Like the next chapter is, is Cain and Abel, where you have one of the sons of Adam and Eve murdering the other son. And so you've got brother killing brother. Then you, you move on to Genesis 11. You've got the Tower of Babel where all the people are trying to build this tower to heaven to make themselves you know, on the, on the same, same level as God. And then there's the, the dysfunction that, that happens with the, the confusion of languages and now they're dispersed uh, all over the earth uh, as God originally intended, but maybe not what mankind was expecting to happen. And then, you, you, yeah, you continue to see this, this downward spiral. Genesis 16, you've got Abram and, and Sarai, and Sarai suggesting that in order to have the, the promised son to sleep with her maidservant maid Hagar, and, and obviously that, that doesn't go over well. Genesis 27, Jacob and Esau, and the, the dynamic there, both with the, the stealing of the, the birthright and then the, the stealing of the, the blessing uh, on the part of, of Jacob, stealing that from from Esau. Genesis 34, you've got the rape of Dinah and and how Shechem desires to um, marry Dinah after raping her and, and just how that is is not, that's not how that was supposed to, to go either. Uh, Genesis 37, you've got Joseph and his brothers and and the, the dynamics within uh, family relationships. It's, it's basically playing off of Cain and Abel just <laughs> with, with more brothers included. Uh, Genesis 38, you've got Judah and Tamar, and, and Chamar, Tamar is um, with, withheld uh, a husband from uh, uh, one of Judah's sons because, yeah, Judah doesn't want to give his one and only son over to, well, his only son left, I guess, his only son left to Tamar um, as, a, as a husband for her. And then you get to Exodus, you've got the nation of Israel in, in bondage to Egypt. You get to Judges, you've got uh, the, the Levite and his concubine. and Literally every other story in Judges. Yeah, literally, literally every other story in Judges. Yeah, Judges is just one, one human relationship fail after another. Um, Second Kings, you've got the, the kingdoms of Israel and Judah being uh, taken into uh, captivity by... Uh, Assyria and Babylon, respectively, and and then you, you, really you get to the the Book of Revelation, and you've got the city of man that is Babylon, and the city of God, which is Jerusalem, and the the persecution that that results 
uh, upon uh, the people of God by the, the city of man. And so, you, yeah, you just see this, this fallout that begins with Adam and Eve in the garden, just seeking to do their own thing, go their own way, and, and just how that has tainted every human relationship since then. Anything you want to add to that? Or? I don't know. Yeah. All right. Uh, this brings us to the good news, which is redemption and how God seeks to restore mankind, mankind's relationship with each other. So because, <laughs> because mankind uh, was unable to have good and right relationship with each other, God fills in that gap and, and seeks to restore that, that relationship. And we see this in, in the person and work of Jesus Christ. Uh, Matthew 8, you've got Jesus and the Roman centurion. Matthew 10, you've got Jesus and the 12 disciples. I mean, that dynamic is so fascinating to me because you've got, you've got a tax collector, you've got a zealot, you've got fishermen. I mean, <laughs> anybody who's seen The Chosen is enamored by how the disciples interact with each other. But I, I don't think... I don't think they're too far off. I mean, it's it, it would have been a wild dynamic and one that would have been just ripe with all kinds of human relationship fails. So, I mean, just the calling of the 12 disciples themselves would, would have been just, yeah, a, a good good display of, of that, just uniting <laughs> mankind together. Uh, Luke 7, you've got Jesus and the sinful woman. Luke 19, you've got Jesus and Zacchaeus, the tax collector. And so you, you see him kind of interacting with uh, the lowest of the low and bringing them into relationship. Uh, John 3, you've got Jesus and, the, and Nicodemus, the Pharisee, right? So now you're, you're kind of, you're, you're mixing uh, the, the lowest of the low and those who consider themselves to be the, the religious elite, John 4, you've got Jesus and the Samaritan woman, right? So here is uh, uh, kind of the, the half-breed, so half-Jewish, Jew, half-Gentile, who's now being brought into the, the kingdom of God. John 8, you've got Jesus and the woman caught in the act of adultery. And I know it's a disputed, disputed text, but I, I think it's, it, it's just showing the, um, the, the level uh, of dignity that Jesus places on women and and how he you know he's drawing uh, women into the kingdom of god uh ephesians 2 you you've got jew and gentile right so he's uh breaking down the wall of hostility that existed between the two and then he's he's bringing that together making peace by the the, the blood of his cross and 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 that's just a a dynamic that, um, yeah, we, we just, we, we see today, regardless of, you know, whether it, we're, we're looking at, um, I don't know, the, the Irish, you know, Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland, right? You know, <laughs> it's, <laughs> Jesus is uniting these, these different, uh, ethnicities, together into to one new man. And then 2 Corinthians 5, verses 18 to 20, you've got uh, the, the church and the world. Um, so yeah, if you want to 
read Second uh, Corinthians five eighteen to twenty. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to Himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to Himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making His appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Yeah, so there, there we go. We got the crux of the matter. As we're being reconciled to God, we're also being reconciled to one another. Um, yeah, First John, I, I think, is, is key to that. You, you can't say that you love God and hate your brother. And so I, I think it's, uh, it, it's just indicative of if you are claiming to be a disciple of Jesus, you will have love for one another. You will know that you are my disciples by by how you you love one another. So yeah, we see that this is a work of Jesus, not us. And and it's Jesus who is bringing about the redemption and the the redemption of of mankind's failed relationships with each other. Anything you want to add to that or? You're good. <laughs> Whatever. Are you serious? Well, yeah. I just figured you'd present it and then we'd talk about it. Okay. Yeah. All right. No. <laughs> okay. Um, and then finally, restoration. We are awaiting the final fulfillment of this this promise. So because we live in a, a now, not yet kingdom, we we see the, the inbreaking of redemption and and then we continue to wait await the uh, the fu- final fulfillment of this promise of of full and final redemption full and final restoration um revelation 7 verses 9 to 10 if you want to read that after this i looked and behold a great multitude that no one could number from every nation from all tribes and peoples and languages standing before the throne and before the lamb clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. I feel like this is a passage that I have touched on often as I've been preaching through Genesis. Because it's it's just a passage that brings us back to the, the consummation of all things and just how we are we we are not in isolation. Like we're not gonna be the only ones. In heaven, we're we're gonna be surrounded by people from every nation and tribe and language, and and yeah. So to think that heaven's gonna be filled with just people like us and nobody different, yeah, it's just a it's just a foreign concept to to the Bible. Anything you wanna? So that's that's the gospel, as it pertains to our relationships with each other. So yeah, I guess then the, the question is um, how does this affect how you view, how we view each other? You want me to read that? Do you have any thoughts first? <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm not letting you cheat. <laughs> These are my cheating. notes. Get your own. <laughs> Just wanted to make sure we were following the procedure. Um, there is no how, procedure to this. <laughs> how does this affect how we view each other? How does this affect how we view each other? 
well, it's, we have to actively work on it. And as Christians, we are guided in it by Christ. But our first um, reaction will be to look at each other through the eyes of the fall, right? So we are proud, first of all, because it's a sin thing in our lives. So every interaction with other people, we will be viewing things selfishly and pridefully. I mean, we have to have Jesus to not view it that way in order to put other people before ourselves. Um, And because we are redeemed, the redemption part of that is relying on Jesus to point that out. So we will always have flawed relationships and it's always something that we have to work on being in family does not just automatically make you interact well together you have to um be humble and repentant in each interaction with each other because our initial sinful nature is to put ourselves first so That's right. Just because Jesus came to redeem our broken and sinful human relationships doesn't mean that there are no more broken and sinful human relationships. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a that's a key point. Um, yeah, now, now you can read first John Four verses 7 to 11 and verse 19. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. We love because he first loved us. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, just I like I like how verse 19 really sums it up. We we love because he first loved us. And Yeah, so the other night at community praise and prayer at a church that uh in, is in Boyle. Um, I was asked to give an explanation on was that John thirteen? No I think it was John, John thirteen or something. I thought it was Matthew, but that's fine. Oh, it was John because it it John was taught. Yeah, John talks about loving. Very similar to this. Like, the the wording is very similar. Um, it's like the, you know, the... I call it the, the platinum rule. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, oh, what the... Okay. Yeah, let's, just look, let's just look it up. I'm pretty sure it's John 13. Maybe it's not John 13. Ah, yeah, here it is. John 13. Uh, where Jesus says, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And I was asked to make a comment on that particular passage and, and I basically just said that, you know, you've, you've heard of the golden rule, you know, do unto others as you would have them do unto you, but this is the platinum rule, right? 
do to others what Jesus has done for you, right? So love as, love one another as Christ has loved you. And that's a pretty big love. That's a love that I am unable to muster up myself. And I need divine help in order to love in that way. And yeah, it, it just shows that, that this is something that we need God's help with each and every day. Like we're, we're not going to, we're not going to have good relationships with each other in our own power and ability. Right. Yeah. Uh, and this brings us to core outcome number two. So this is what we want to, to see happen as we live out the gospel in everyday relationships. Core outcome number two, to love one another, to serve one another, build one another up and spur one another to a deeper relationship with God. That is what we want to see happen in our marriage and in our children and then spreading that out to all those around us the the church the community yeah to love one another serve one another build one another up and spur one another to a deeper relationship with god that's that's our purpose in this so anything you want to add to that or nope. you're just shaking your head <laughs> no i think it's like, how do we do that? Like, you're the, like, but how guy, right? Like, you usually say, okay, but how? Do we how? Do, how do we do what? How do we love one another? How do we serve one another? How do we build one another up? And how do we spur one another onto a deeper, deeper relationship with God? How do we do that? How do we love one another? How do we serve one another? How do well, we are we Okay, are we talking, like, generally? Are we talking about relationships in the world? This could be as practical world? as what? No, 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 I need not, not like, I need, like, are we talking about my children? Am I talking about you? Am I talking about how I love you and spur you on to a deeper relationship with that? Or am I talking about my neighbor? Because that's, like, two very different okay, well, outcomes. Let's start, let's start with that. Practically, well, like, boots, in, boots on in the ground, how does this look? Okay, well, in to... our home, it means okay. that we don't allow a breakdown of relationship. Right? Okay. We don't allow our kids to speak negatively to or about one another. We don't allow, you know, obvious pride. Like, we are all prideful, obviously. But we, you know, circumvent that with mm-hmm. teaching them and guiding them through how to actually interact with each other in a correct way. So we don't allow them to just live in disunity, in non-relationship. Okay? Mm-hmm. Relationship matters. So then we say, you know, you, you have to... Don't let to, the, ghost, the sun go down on your anger. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Well, and you, ha- you have to restore the relationship with your brother. Like, it, it matters more to be in right relationship than it does to be right. So then mm, yeah, if you good. are arguing or fighting or whatever, then you need to correct that relationship, especially because three of our children have chosen to follow Christ. So then it's like, especially in that, you have to put one another first. With mm-hmm. serving one another... Um, we asked that, right? It's like, can you please pick up the blocks? Like, well, I didn't dump them out. I didn't make the mess. I shouldn't have to clean it up. 
practically we talk about that, right? It's like, okay, we all help one another. We all serve one another. Um, and in how to live in a right relationship would be assisting one another, whether or not it is convenient or fun for us. Because the reality is we've all made messes. We all make messes, right? right. It's not, and other it's not like, yeah, it's, it's not like I never make a mess. And so I only clean up the messes when I do make them. No, like we all make messes. We all clean up Each mess. Messes. It's like seeing needs to meet them, right? Like yes. that, that whole idea. Yeah, I love that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be a blessing. Like to, you don't have to do it just because you made the mess, but you can be a blessing to that person. So you can serve that person right. by doing that. And that, that's going to be in a later episode, service. Yes. So yeah, we can flesh that out a little bit more then. And to spur one another on to a deeper relationship with God, um, the encouragement of what matters, right? So we make sure we're doing devotionals as a family and working on things with the kids and just always circling back and saying, like, this is why everything in our life matters is because we belong to God and he created us and we live our lives in right relationship with him. Therefore, we have right relationship with each other. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it goes back to um, that Second Corinthians 5, 18 to 20 passage where Paul says, be reconciled to God. And as you're reconciled to God, you will be reconciled to one another. Yes. Yeah, yeah so that's yeah. why like core value one and two are so closely connected. It's because Absolutely. you can't have one without the other. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So then how does that look for just your neighbor? Or, or, or are those two the same or does well, it obviously just I'm not work? like telling my neighbor to clean up somebody's messes <laughs> in order to love them clean up your mess Mariette <laughs> <laughs> not quite yeah she never has any messes to clean up she's, like, <laughs> she's always cleaning up our mess yeah exactly dealing with us um, so no I think charitably our relationships with instead of us teaching them we are just showing them by our desire to have relationships so you know, visiting with them when you're out for a walk or we are, you know, we take a pie to a neighbor or um, we have a Thanksgiving dinner. We invited our neighbor and she couldn't come because she was sick. So we just took a meal. Like we just made up a plate from our Thanksgiving dinner and took it over to her. Just ways like that to show that they care. Or even like the boys love to bring in the neighbor's garbage can. Garbage cans. That's just right. like showing that they are seen in matter. Um, just making sure that we have... When the winter months come along, we shovel the driveway, the, yeah. uh, the sidewalk driveways. Yeah. yeah, which again, I guess, leans more towards the service. But just like showing that they are seen and that they matter and that we love them because we are yeah. called to be loving. So well, being in right, just making sure that we're not jerks of neighbors, really. Just yeah. like living in such a way that we are a joy to live by <laughs> as much as you can when you have four ridiculously rambunctious children who scream in the backyard. But... um yeah, just not being a jerk is a good way to be in right relationship with your neighbor. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. Okay, so that's, yeah, family, community, church. Does that kind of fall under the same? Yeah, just making sure that you are living in um, in love with your church. So, um, again, same way with the kids, you know, making sure that you are not being selfish or prideful in your interactions with them and showing grace to them and um putting yourself under like making sure they are cared for before yourself the, whatever that is um looking mm-hmm. into their interests instead of your own yeah, yeah. You would that up. um look out to the interests of others 
or <laughs> sorry, look not to your own interest, but but also to the interests of others. Yes. Wow, let's not misquote uh, Philippians two, shall we? <laughs> Yeah. So that would be. Yeah. And that that's actually going to be uh, something we talk about. Next time as well. Uh, next next week next as well. Next core value. Yeah, next core value on service. So yeah. those, those are the some practical ways to look at relationship I like that. with others. I like that. That's really good. All right. Uh, any other things before you want to sign off? Uh, no, I think that's good. All right. Do you want to sign us up? Sure. Since you started, since start, you start brought us, us in, you should uh, end us off. Take us off. Okay. Well, uh, thank you for listening, and I hope you've been encouraged. And we will hear you next time. You will hear us next time. <laughs> Not just Helena. Yeah. Not just me. Together. Together. We'll be in your earbuds next time.